Good afternoon, passengers. This is the pre-boarding announcement for the Flight 27 NLF to Rome. On behalf of the crew, I ask that you... You still haven't gotten used to this. Leaving everything behind you as you transcend mundanity and soar deep into the crevices of the all-encompassing cumulus clouds that bridge the gap between this world and the next. Your mind has never been this clear. You have no emails to check, no dog to leave food out for, no manager to make small talk with. You're slowly slipping into a state of complete and utter fulfillment. But with your mind this empty, fear can begin to slip in. You start asking yourself hundreds of tortuous questions, the consequence of being a tightly wound cog in the workforce wheel, being that you are now completely unable to live presently without worry. Did I leave the stove on? You ask yourself. Did I keep the landing light on this morning? Did I not answer my dad's text about boarding safely? Did I leave my son Kevin home alone? Kevin! Your whole body stiffens with anxiety as your blood thickens in heat. Your mind finally conjures a question that you are completely incapable of answering. Not a stressful question, more of an inviting one. It calms you down to ponder it. The question is a welcome respite from your strife. As you ask yourself slowly, what's the deal with airline food? Part 1. Bathroom Etiquette Life is overwrought with overstimulation. In my own experience, I can often find myself as the mediator in a group conversation where three different people are talking over each other about how mistreated they were in secondary school and how close they were to doing higher-level French if it wasn't for the personal vendetta their teacher had against them. I can also wrestle with the difficulties of people-pleasing, making sure that each person I meet in the day has a pleasant and enjoyable experience as if I'm trying to personify the quality level of customer care within the Tesco Ireland hiring guidelines. Needless to say, my life is unbearable, and the only place I can seem to find a slight thread of peace within this tapestry of toil and trouble is the bathroom. The sanctuary of the bathroom cannot be overstated. Nothing can really compare to the cosmic tranquility of a quiet and empty jacks in the middle of the day. I'm recklessly and unabashedly in love with going to the toilet. I'm enamoured by everything from the coolness of the tiles that calms your temperament, to the low hum of the fan that drowns out the noise of the world, to the dark and flattering lighting that is really helpful when staring at your reflection after a big meal. It's where I do my clearest and most concise thinking. It's where I write my funniest texts. And it's the most auspicious location for quiet contemplation, prayer and reflection. That is, of course, when I have the bathroom alone. When I finally find solace in a bathroom stall that I assume will remain vacant, hearing the door squeak open next to me as a fellow Jack's goer empties his bowels of what sounds to be like three litres of cream of mushroom soup can really throw me off my state of mindfulness. I feel like an Iraqi farmer tending his crops before seeing a fleet of US supercarriers en route over the horizon. The impending doom is palpable as I lay still as my halted heartbeat, hearing the groans and grunts of the IBS suffering soul one door down from my own dirty dealings. I think because of how much I value the privacy of the Jacks, this experience affects me like no one else. It's not just this problem that can turn my ideal getaway into a nightmare. I also have to deal with how I tell people that I'm going to the bathroom. Some prudish people can really be perturbed by how you phrase the sentence. For example, if I say, Sorry everyone, I need to go and take a Niagara Falls slash, 
or be back in a minute guys, I have to paint the town brown. I can often get really strange looks and responses. I suppose they want me to be discreet and act like no one physically excretes anything and that we all just go past the bathroom door to wait standing upright for five minutes before returning. I'm sorry to shatter that fantasy for anyone listening, but when I say I'm going to the bathroom, I mean that I'm going to lay a torpedo easter egg. I guess this is why Americans call it the restroom. They like to suggest that all people do in there is have a little sleep and get on with their day. I like the fact that in Ireland, we can refer to it as the loo, the jacks, or most fittingly, the bog, because these names for the toilet evoke the truth of the matter, the fact that people are going in there to create ungodly biohazards. I don't go in there to powder my nose and readjust my tights, guys. I'm going in there to lose a pound and a half of weight on my ceramic throne, leaving sweat on the seat as I can barely rise to my feet after making much muck. Just as a brief addendum to my main point, I also have a problem with the names on bathroom signs. I often wonder about the formal titles of ladies and gents on bathroom signs. I'm not sure why I'm recognised as a man everywhere else I go, yet in the toilet I'm promoted to the rank of a gentleman. On what grounds? To who do I owe this honour? When I donate to charity or help an old lady cross the street, I'm merely a man. And yet, when I'm at my lowest, sitting in the jacks, trousers at my ankles, face red and contorted while holding my breath, I'm a gentleman? Please use that term more appropriately. I want to feel like I deserve it. There is absolutely nothing gentlemanly about my sordid actions. My staining of the bowl amidst my straining of my bowels can only be framed as wretched, discourteous, and frankly unbecoming. This thoughtless and vile provocation does not merit the banner of gentlemen, nor any title of its ilk. It is inherently an audacious and unmannered act, uncivil at its core, and unsophisticated in its essence. A lot of my passion on this topic stems from my childhood experiences of the toilet as a safe and sacred space. In school, I would always take breaks, specifically in the gender-neutral disabled toilet, even though I was not a member of either community. I just loved the space all to myself, the comfortable leather cushion and red emergency wire in case of accidents always putting my mind at ease during the long and arduous days of compulsory education. I knew I was always guaranteed a free bathroom in this case, as none of the lads dared use this toilet for fear of it turning them gay. It was this bathroom where I opened my junior and leaving cert results, where I would take my shirt off and walk around just to try and disrupt reality, a place where I would look into the mirror until I didn't recognise the boy looking back. The toilet knows more about who I am than I do, and I often think about it, the place where my very essence is housed between two tiled walls and a wooden door with an androgynous stick person on the front. The last thing I want to say on this topic is regarding the phenomenon of waiting for someone outside a toilet, only to bravely enter the room filled with their musk when they leave. I honestly don't know who's braver, the person fearlessly leaving the jacks knowing that the individual waiting outside will soon become well acquainted with their bog scent, or the individual who is fearlessly entering the bathroom knowing that based on the amount of time they were waiting, what will be left for them will certainly be the evidence of an absolute twoser. One time I tried to avoid this scenario entirely by having a long drawn out conversation with someone who actually needed the wheelchair accessible toilet at the door before they entered. Oh, sorry to keep you waiting for so long. Whatever man, just let me go. You took so long in there and you don't even need a wheelchair. 
We've been waiting out here for 30 minutes and he really needs to go. Hey, uh, can I just talk to you for a second? Not right now, sorry. I really need to use the toilet. I have your family in my attic. What? Who the hell are you? I have your family in my attic and I'm going to hurt them. What are you talking about? Did you hear about Tom Holland and Zendaya? It looks like trouble in paradise for Hollywood's hottest couple. I thought you said you had my family in your attic. Yeah, they're probably loving it up there, ever since we got the new extension. Uh, The builder who did it for us was a friend of my dad's, so uh, we we got a bit of a mate rate. You're stalling, aren't you? He's definitely stalling. No, 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 not at all. You don't want me to smell what you had for lunch. Please. Oh, please, just give it a minute, please. I really need to go. You're not even in a wheelchair. Why are you in this bathroom? I have my reasons. Not all disabilities are visible. You need to let us in. I don't care. I'm going in. No! No, please! No! Have you only eaten Boojum for years? I'm sorry! I'm sorry! What is that? A spicy burrito bowl? With extra quack? It smells horrible! (laughs) I'm sorry! So sorry! Oh my god, so stinky, so stinky! Part 2. Instagram Music I have nothing but appreciation for how social media provides artists the ability to share creativity with the world while not needing to depend on a corporate middleman like a label or a studio of any kind. However, in that same breath, I will lament the relative loss of quality control within the music scene online. The lack of limits and barriers to exposure has, unfortunately, resulted in what I will crudely label as Instagram Music. To clarify, this does not include artists and musicians who use Instagram as a promotion platform or as a means to announce album release dates and touring locations. This specifically refers to musicians who can only exist within the confines of a 30-second reel, who often pander to specific groups with a trite and meaningless preamble about their music before singing for two verses using the chords from Don't Look Back in Anger. I think I have a personal grievance with this trend because of how much I value great music. Whatever happened to actual songwriters, like John Lemon from The Beantles, Feed Me Burgers from Boy Genius, and Eminem? Nowadays all we have is silly twerking music by Central C and Megan the Horse. Back in my day, we listened to refined stuff like What Does the Fox Say by Yilvis, and You Make Me A You Make Me A Believer by Imagine Dragons. Now that was more like it. Actual heartfelt bangers with something to say, songwriting that fully embodied the art of bleeding onto the page. In all seriousness, the only real concern I have with the state of modern music is on Instagram, and if you want any proof of this, let me just open the app on my phone, scroll for a while, and then just show the kind of song quality we're dealing with here. Ashley! Look at me! Here are three signs you might be experiencing postpartum ADHD. Because as a high-value man, I don't let women speak to me, so that's why it never happens. Hey, my name is Troiler Banks. Oh, here we go. Got one. First song. Let's give it a listen. Hey, my name is Troiler Banks. I'm in a band called Gaslight Me, and I make music for freaks that grew up playing Fallout Boy and MCR instead of going to parties. Okay, here we go. I just can't believe I got friendzoned by depression. I got ghosted by my therapist when I tried to book a session. 
All this anxiety lives inside of me Why can't you see the way that we can be, my darling? You left me on red, you left me on red You won't be happy when I'm dead You left me on red, you left me on red Remember all the words I said Cause you left me on red, you left me on red I thought our love would never end You left me on red You left me on Red This song represents an unfortunate trend within the emo revival movement today where the genre is being reduced to its most recognisable traits in tandem with updated terminology and hackneyed pandering lyrics that appeal to the lowest common goth denominator. Needless to say, it's a difficult listen. Okay, let's keep scrolling here. Why you need to try almond milk and vegan boba? Hi, it's me, Peter. You may be wondering what I'm doing in a library. Maturing is realising I don't have to straighten my hair to feel pretty. I'm in LA Rodeo Drive. I'm in New York Medicine did I just make the heartbreak okay, on the got one here. This looks like an acoustic guitar love song filmed in a girl's bedroom with fairy lights and uh, a Lana Del Rey poster in the background. Let's give this a quick listen. Did I just make the heartbreak anthem of the summer? This song is dedicated to the theater kid who never got asked to the dance. That one was sincere and kind of difficult to make fun of, but uh, maybe we don't need to fund the arts in this country as much as we do. So let's keep scrolling here. Stop whatever you're doing and listen to me. What if this song was from Ken's perspective? I used to float, now I... As somebody that struggles with narcissism, 
Recently, I've been practicing mindfulness. My name is Jordan O'Reilly. Final example here, we have a politically conscious Irish rapper. Oh boy. You know, these types of creators usually have me on their side at the beginning of their raps, but quickly begin to lose my support as they start to vent their frustrations on our country by blaming immigrants. So let's give it a listen and see how bad it is. My name is Jordan O'Reardon. I'm a proud Irish son of a native Irish son, born of a native Irish mother who survived the famine. I'm loosely related to Michael Collins, and I make music challenging the poxy nonsense going on in this country. Don't believe the narrative. Covid wasn't real, and elf bars are a good source of vitamin E. Anyway, here we go. There's been an awful lot on my mind lately. Living in Dublin, price of living's gone crazy. Crying out to the doll, but they can't save me. I was seven years old when I had my first baby. I became a grandfather when I was 20. The vicious cycle of life is just crazy. Politicians are greedy, while their people are needy People are homeless holding signs saying feed me Like have you even seen the price of a house? Tom and Jerry had a gaff and one of them was a mouse And I can never really tell which one is which Jerry is the cat, I think I could be wrong on this I love my city, if you're from Dublin then you're one of us But why are there so many lads called Mohammed on the Dublin bus? Why are there so many Brazilians working in my spare? I love my fellow man but lads this has gone too far I have nowhere to put my anger and frustration So I'll annoy this Polish woman at a train station Wow, it did not take long before that became unlistenable some people will blame Fatima, mother of four, who just moved in down the road for everything. Embarrassing carry-on. I don't know about you guys, but I need to cleanse my palate with some proper songwriting again. I think it's time for my second favourite song, Lightning Before the Thunder Thunder by Imagine Dragons again. This band saved my life. Well guys, it's been real once again. Do you have any idea how much I like being in your ears? I don't think you can fathom it. I love my listeners and I wish you all well as you take on this work week ahead. Facing your 9 to 5 should be a lot easier knowing you only have to wait a month for 10 minutes of scripted audio content. Until next time, this has been The Deal With Airline Food and you have been all I've ever wanted.